Welcome to this podcast. This is going to be about the life and times of Tim Heal. In this series of podcasts, I'm going to take you through my life from birth to retirement. I will be covering some of the major events in my life and some of the successes and failures that I've had during my lifetime. So sit back, strap yourself in, it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride. Welcome to episode 22 of the Tim Hill podcast. In this episode, I'm going to recap some of the stuff that I missed out in the last episode, and I'm going to take you right up until now. So in the last episode, we'd had the house finished and we'd had a trip up to Denmark and Sweden, which was fantastic. But just stepping back a little bit, once I'd retired, I'd actually retired on the 4th of April 2018, Ro had organised a big retirement birthday party for me down at the club and invited lots and lots of people that I know from my past. I had uh, quite a few of my cousins come down, my mum came down, my daughter came down and I had some friends from my school days, from my cadet days, I had some friends from the army and I had friends from my past which was really, really nice and we had some present friends that also came along and it was a terrific night, absolute terrific night. It was one of the best shall I say, mess-type functions that I'd been to in donkey's years. And it was all down to to Rose, expert organisation of getting the people in and and the club laying on a fantastic, fantastic meal. It was brilliant. So after my retirement party, we had organised to get the boat lifted out of the water so we could just do a little bit of maintenance, get the bottom scrubbed off, ready for, for going away. Our first trip, once the boat had gone back in the water, we went down out through the Solent and to Warborough uh, on the anchor for the night. And then we came back in and I helped out with the Army Offshore Regatta on the rib with Brad. Brad is the Remy bosun who looks after the two Remy yachts and a very good mate of mine. So we had a really good few days tearing around on the rib helping out with the regatta and then just shortly after Roe and I left on Talavera and we went across to Enfleur to meet up with Stephen Lynn who were taking their boat down through the French canals to the Mediterranean and we had a fantastic few days there we had such a laugh with Stephen Lynn we were doing all sorts of stuff um, mainly getting drunk, I think, was uh, the, the sort of key theme to it all. As we were walking around on Fleur after a, a lunchtime bit of a session, we came across a milliner, and uh, I thought it was a really good idea that I bought a, a brand new bowler chapeau. So I had this <laughs> this hat sorted out. It was quite expensive, but it was a uh, it was something I always fancied having is a is a bowler hat. Anyway, after this, um, we were walking around and there was a cruise ship in that had a load of, I think they were, they were Chinese or the Korean or, or some sort of Oriental types on, on, on a tour. And uh, I thought it was quite amusing that uh, I held up my bowler hat 
and said this way and, and I was pointing out different things along the, the shoreline and then had half a dozen of these uh, tourists following me for a bit, which was quite a giggle. One evening we decided to have our own British proms night on board and we were having a real good sing-along with the French boating types. Um, I think they enjoyed it. Well, if not, we gave them a really good laugh anyway. And we left them and they went off down uh, on their journey down through the the French canals to to the Mediterranean, where their boat is still at the moment. And Steve has just got back, so I'm going to catch up with Steve in the next day or so just to see how he got on. We then set sail and we went off to Denmark and we had a terrific time up in Denmark, which I covered in the last episode. When we got back from that trip, we thought it was a good idea that we get a cat. Not quite sure how it all panned out, but we ended up getting Artie the ship's cat, who is a British short hair, and instead of being a darker blue, he's the lighter lilac. And he is such a little character. So we picked him up in the October. Within the first day or so of having him, uh, we took him with us everywhere. We stuck him in his box, uh, stuck him in the back of the car, and he used to come with us. He was about two to three days with us before we took him down to the boat. And we took him out on the boat. And he's been coming out on the boat ever since. So he doesn't know any difference whatsoever. It's normal for him to come around with us in the car. It's normal for him to come around with us on the boat. So my key advice, if, if anybody wants a, a ship's cat, the way to do it is to get them young and get them used to what you want them to do at a very young age. And they know no different. So he's quite happy to come down to the boat any time with us. We just say, come on, in your box. He'll get in his box. Uh, we'll stick him in the car and away we go. So basically, we took the opportunity to go out as often as we could in that October, November and December with Artie. And he adapted really well to being on the boat. We got him a little life jacket, so he's he's happy to put on. Well, I say he's happy to put on. He does a normal cat trick. You put, put his life jacket on and he'll keel over, pretending I don't like it. He's, he's a proper little adolescent at times. And he's a, a, a proper rebellious little bugger. We have had him um, on the boat and when we're alongside, he will mutiny occasionally and jump off and he'll go and check out the other boats in the marina. So he's a, he's a cheeky little sod. I also got him a harness and a lead. One of these retractable leads. And I got him used to going out for walks. And we used to walk around the neighbourhood. And it was quite... Um, Quite amusing at times because people don't normally see people walking cats. But um, we got him used to going out on the lead and now he's he's quite happy when we're away to put his harness on uh, and go for a, a walk. He particularly likes going out at dusk. He's not over keen on people so if, if he's somewhere busy then he doesn't like it. So we, we try and find quiet anchorages where we can go ashore and there's nobody about, and we go down at twilight, and he loves having a run to it, uh, and wander around at night time. So November 2018 was quite a busy month for us. On the 3rd of November, we had a pickle night in at Hornet, 
and then on the 11th of November, I was asked if I would head up our regimental cenotaph parade. I'd be the single point of contact for the the Royal British Legion, and I would organise all the guys. Um, so I'd be the marshal for the Royal Anglian Regiment up at the the cenotaph, which I I did, and it was a great honour. And we had quite a lot of guys turn up for this, and it was a really really good day. Uh, Roe came up and, and, and joined us afterwards, but it's always an emotional month, November. But we survived it, and um, yeah, it was it was a, a good day, all things considered. On Friday the 23rd of November, 2018, a friend of ours invited us over to HMS Victory's Senior Rates Mess for their Friday meat raffle, which was really, really good. You have to have a special invite to go on there. So we had a, a really nice day out over on HMS Victory. We then had an opportunity for a couple of really nice days to go sailing. So we took the boat and RT and we went up to the Bewley River and we anchored overnight over there and we had a terrific sunset and a really nice pleasant evening. And we had a really good sail back. And then we got into party mode in December. We had the, the Christmas draw at Hornet. We had another party that we went to and then we got into Christmas and after Christmas, the New Year, we went back down to Helen and Stuart's at Hillhead and had another fantastic night there. We normally have a theme and we all dress up in, in silly gear and everybody brings a, along a course. So somebody has the, the starter, somebody has the canapes, somebody has the mains or normally Helen and Stuart do the mains because it's easier. And then somebody also brings along the dessert and we all bring along booze and uh, it's quite a boozy night and it's, uh, it's always great, great fun. Which got us into 2019 in good style. So January 2019 we organised a Burns Night Supper down at Hornet which was a great night. Again, Hornet step up to the mark and we had a terrific night. I managed to talk somebody into to run in the night who's a proper jock, so uh, I didn't have to do it. But we organised it and it, it was a really good event. At the end of January, we took Talavera and Artie the Ship's Cat. We went down to Yarmouth uh, with a cheque for the RLNI. Our good friend Wendy, who died back in, back in March 2018, left a bequest to the RLNI, so we, we went down there and we actually paid them a cheque, which was a, a, a nice gesture, and, and they, they took us on board, showed us around the lifeboat that they've got at Yarmouth, uh, and they took us up to the Royal Solent Yacht Club for, for a drink and, and, and a chat. Over the last couple of years, Ro and I had been taking dancing lessons. Uh, we began to ballroom dancing lessons at a local community centre, and we'd organised for the dance teacher to come down to Hornet to have a Hornet Strictly evening. So it was a real fun evening where we had lots and lots of different types of dances. So we had dances for the people with two left feet. We had people with two matching pairs of feet. So it was a, a good dance for everybody, really. So that was one of the, the highlights in March. And then we also went and did some sailing in March. We went across to Newtown Creek. We took the boy for a, a run ashore on his lead uh, so it was pretty much 
one of the first times we had to put him into the dinghy. And he, he took to it quite well and he, he, he quite enjoys going in the dinghy now. So it's not a problem to get him into the dinghy when we tell him we're going to have a run ashore. So he, he, he comes down, jumps in the dinghy and when we get back to the boat, he's keen to jump off the dinghy back onto the boat. It's quite, um, it's quite scary when he does it. At the end of March, we'd booked a cruise to go down to Bordeaux and Spain. So we dropped the boy off at my mum's and my mum was going to look after him for a week while we went off on this cruise. On this cruise, there was uh, one of the acts was um, a ventriloquist who we got to know quite well as we were going around. And on my birthday, she came and had her puppet sing me happy birthday in the main dining room at our table, which Rose absolutely mortified. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, and we got back off for this cruise and we went and picked the boy up and he'd had his own adventures at me mum's. She kept a close eye on him most of the time, but this one time he managed to escape and she found him uh, a little while later or somebody found him down in the, the laundry room in her, where she lives in her, she lives in one of these warden assisted properties where they've got their own little flat in it but it's like a little community so that, that gave her a few sleepless nights over the Easter holidays in 2019 my daughter Corinne and my granddaughter Lily Marie came down and I took them off on the boat and we went down to Newtown Creek and we also met up with my mate Brad and his family and we had a really fun weekend um, in the kayaks and the dinghies uh, and one thing and another so that was a really good Easter weekend and the weather was absolutely perfect. In May Brad and I undertook a massive 3,000 mile road trip across Europe on our motorbikes. We were intended to go from uh, Portsmouth down to Santander. Unfortunately the Santander ferry had had a bit of a fire on on it and it got cancelled. So they put us on the ferry to St Marlow instead, which extended our, our trip by a little bit, but not too much. We then came off the ferry in St Marlow and then we headed down into France. And we went across France and we visited the village that the, the Germans obliterated during the, the war. They killed everybody in the village, burning some of the people in the church which was a really moving experience. Then we also went down across the uh, the Southern Pyrenees, across into, uh, across sort of the Provence and into Italy. In Italy, we went to the Ducati factory, which was quite funny because I was allowed to park inside with my Multistrada, uh, but Brad with his BMW had to, had to park outside. And then when we went to pay, I got in for free because I'm a member of the Ducati Owners Club uh, and so I had a free tour around but Brad had to pay about 30 euros which I think he should have got a, a bit cheaper than that but never mind. Uh, we went from there and then we came up over we were going to go and do the Gross Glockner uh, which is one of the, the, the brilliant roads in Europe. Unfortunately when we got up to the payage bit um, it started to snow on the top, so it had come all the way back down again, go along the valley, 
go up into another valley uh, and we had to take a train through the, the Alps, putting the bikes on the actual train. And when we came off the train and then we headed down to, to Birchis Garden and we did the Eagle's Nest. Unfortunately, the actual Eagle's Nest itself was still closed because there was snow on the top. But we did the uh, his house and, and all the, the bits around it and into the, the, the little bit of a museum that they got where they take you up on the, the buses. Unfortunately, they weren't running because of the snow on the top. But Bertish Garden itself was really nice. And we also ended up going down to Rowis um, on the way down, where I used to go and ski with the army at um, the British Telebark Championships, which was quite good just to, to have a look at the village without snow. And then we went off to Munich and we had a couple of days in Munich. We went to the Hofbrau House and we did some sightseeing around Munich. Uh, we had a really good day there. And then from there we went off to Colditz uh, and we had a couple of days in Colditz Castle. Colditz Castle nowadays is, part of it is a youth hostel and we were able to stay in the youth hostel which is actually on the on the commandant side of the the the, the castle itself and we managed to do a couple of tours around the castle there's some some volunteers that, that give a really good insight and uh, a, a guided tour and there's a little museum that's actually in the in the castle itself in the in the prisoner side and it's a really really good museum with loads of stuff that they had and they also done a, a, um, a recreation of the glider so the glider is where it was almost they, they, it's down one floor but they tried to recreate the, the glider itself which is fantastic so when we left Colditz we then came across to, to Paderborn where we stopped the night with Brad's uh, relations and I left Brad there because Sibylla and the children were going to come out and meet Brad there. And then I came back by myself from, from Paderborn back to uh, good old Blighty. Once I got back, at the beginning of June, we had Talavera lifted out of the water so we could do some essential maintenance on her, changing the anodes, scrubbing her off one thing and another. And then on the 6th of June, we went up to Royal Hospital Chelsea for Founders Day courtesy of my good old mate Dougie May he got us tickets and we met Harry and Kath up there as well so we had a, a fantastic day over the next week or so we got uh, Talavera ready to go back in the water and dropped her back in and then on the 17th of June we went up to Sywell Airfield just outside of Northampton into a big hangar where the 2nd Battalion the Royal Anglian Regiment veterans or the poachers summer ball was held the venue itself had been really decked out fantastic we had some ice sculptures we had a stage uh, and we had a i don't know about three or four hundred and that was a brilliant brilliant night sat next to my old boss howard gill he was my first platoon commander when i joined the battalion way way back in 1975 back in munster so we had a brilliant night and then when we got back, we got uh, the boat ready. She was all vittled up and everything. And then we slipped. And then we started to head off down to the West Country. 
and we had a terrific, terrific trip down to the West Country. Artie, the ship's cat, was in his element. He was loving it. We did all sorts of things. We went uh, into to Dartmouth, and at Dartmouth we were going to pick up a, a, one of the boys at the Britannia Royal Naval College. That's the cheapest place we know to stay in, in Dartmouth. And then we came down into Plymouth, and Mount but an old mate of mine in Plymouth, and then we went across to the Sillies for the first time. If you've never been to the Sillies, they are fabulous. We had a brilliant, brilliant couple of weeks anchoring around the Sillies, taking Artie for runs ashore. He loved St Agnes Cove. He loves going ashore there, having a wander around the beach and then having a walk around the island itself. So we had a brilliant, brilliant time. And then on the way back, places like the Helford River, Falmouth, never been into Falmouth before, and Falmouth is a lovely little town. It's a lovely walk in Falmouth, if you've never done that. Foy is lovely, absolutely gorgeous. Sulcombe, Sulcombe was really nice as well. So we had a fantastic time while we were down on our West Country sail for the summer. On the 31st of August, I went up to the annual rugby game. Uh, this year, it was up at Watford, and I received my 10 cap for playing for the regimental veterans team, which was a great honour. And the following day, we were back up at Duxford for the regimental gathering, which was another fantastic day. The weather was perfect for us, as always. For some reason, always at the gathering and the rugby, the weather is always perfect for the day. The sun shines and we have a terrific day. On the 2nd of September, Sylvia and her friend came down and we took them across to Cowles or up to the Folly for lunch. It's the first time that Sylvia's been down on the boat and the first time that she's actually met Artie for the first time in the flesh. So that was another fantastic, lovely day that we had out. And then later uh, in the month, in the middle of the month, we had the Battle of Britain dinner in the club, really well run. And then at the end of the month, myself and Harry went back up to Royal Hospital Chelsea for the Royal Anglian Day. And we have a, a day where they have the Royal Anglians turn up and we have a, a church service and we have a lunch and a few drinks afterwards. So Roe and Catherine also joined us for that day, along with Dougie May. So the back end of 2019 brought the normal round of uh, Trafalgar night, pickle night. We also had the, the Christmas draw. We had everybody come round to us for New Year's Eve, which was another, another brilliant night. Going into 2020, we managed to get out on the boat in early January and we went down to Newtown Creek for the night. It was a really lovely sail down there. We had a nice night over anchor and then the following day, the wind kind of picked up from the west and we had a, a pretty good, lively run back um, on the 11th of January. And we were about the only boat that we saw in the Solent. So again, at the end of January, we had another great Burns Night Supper in the club. We did manage to get out sailing a few times in February and March. And then in March, we had on the 14th, we had another Strictly Comes to Hornet Night, which was probably the last event that we had before we went into this disastrous lockdown. 
The worst part of being locked down is that we couldn't have access to the boat at all. We weren't even allowed on site, which was a, a major problem because I still had a few jobs to get done on the boat. Um, we were planning on leaving uh, at the end of April or the beginning of May and we were going to head around the UK. We were going to sail up around anti-clockwise. We were planning on being in, in Ipswich for around about the 20th of May to go to a wedding. And then after that, we were going to head north and we were going to go up around the UK through the Caledonia Canal and into the Western Isles. Unfortunately, none of this came off. We went into the lockdown and that was it life as we know it had changed completely which is why I got into this podcast malarkey a few weeks in I'd started to get really bored with just sitting around doing nothing at home I'd run out of stuff to watch on YouTube so I decided that I'd use some of my old skills uh, to get back into to doing some recording and editing and this is how I got into podcasts over the last few months of doing these podcasts I've had some really positive feedback. Lots of people said that they've enjoyed it. So this is why I've carried on doing it. I'm not sure where I'm going to take it once I get to the end of this one, because this is going to take us up to the present day. And shortly I'm going to take you through what we did once we came out of lockdown and when we went sailing for the first time in, in a few months. They finally managed to lift the lockdown and give us access to the boat and the marina just in the beginning of June. So we were able to get down to the boat and get some of the essential work done that I needed to get done. So we had a, a bimini that we had to fit and we had one thing and another. We also booked a lift out so we could get scrubbed off ready for the trip when we, we did manage to get going. So once you've gone back in the water the restrictions got lifted on the 4th of July, which was great because it meant it was Independence Day for us, as well as the Americans. Uh, we managed to get her all stocked up and victualled and everything. And we had to pop over to Cowes first to fill up with fuel. So we went to Gosport to Cowes and then we planned on sailing all the way down to the Scilly Isles in Awana, which we did manage to do. So we managed to... to to slip we put the sails up we got the timing just right to go through the, the Hearst channel and the sails are working really well and we managed to sail about three quarters of the way and we I guess we were somewhere off um, off the lizard when the, the, the wind finally left us and we had to put a donkey on so we had two overnight passages while we were going down the 229 miles and we arrived in St Agnes Cove around about um, a little bit after dawn on the second or the third day and we dropped the anchor in there there's quite a few boats already in there but there was still plenty of room for us so once we dropped the anchor we made sure that it was set we got our heads down for a few hours rest before we went exploring when we woke up, we found that there was three other Army Sailing Association boats in the anchorage. So effectively, we had an unofficial ASA rally on our hands. So we managed to go aboard one of the, the boats, Spellbinder, 
and have a chat with Nick and have a drink with him uh, later in the week. And we also had uh, Pat and Jay and their two dogs, so we met up with them. And uh, there was a guy, Steve Taylor, was also down there with his boat. So it was a, a quite a little gathering. Also in this anchorage, there was another boat in there, Elements of Life, with uh, a couple, Matt and Jessica, and their cat, Georgie Girl. And I've been following them for a while on YouTube. They put a YouTube blog out, and they invited me over onto the boat for a, for a coffee and a chat. So I went over and had a, a chat with them and and really interesting to see how they uh, got to where they got to. And they were actually selling the boat and they were going to go off back to America and they were going to build themselves a catamaran to live on. So Elements of Life was up for sale and uh, just recently it sold and they're back in the States now uh, looking to do their next project. But they'd taken elements all the way up to the the Luferton Islands in Norway, which was quite fascinating. It was it was interesting to find out their take on on going up that far up to the Arctic Circle. And the problems that they encountered with um, moorings and stuff like that on the way back down was quite interesting to to to, to listen to. So we spent the next couple of weeks moving around the Isles of Scilly, anchoring everywhere and having a great time. Really, really had good weather and we're really enjoying ourselves. Well, that's where I'm going to leave this episode because the, the rest of the trip got really interesting and I'm going to save that and, and most of the detail for the next episode. In the meantime, I'm looking at the, the next series and I think in the next series, what I'm going to try and look at doing is to go back and recap some of the stuff and look at the stuff that I, I missed out on this series. So I look back and, and I've missed a lot and lot of stuff that may be of interest to people. So in series two, then I'm going to go back and do that. So in the meantime, if you have enjoyed this, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.